everybody. Welcome to the Bamcast Extra Summer Movie Series. Week, I don't know, five? Fifth week? Sure. Episode five. Yeah, that sounds We'll go with that. Yeah, five. So, uh, I'm Chuck. I'm Harlow. And we're back. Back talking movies about... We're back talking? Back talking. <laughs> hey, you shut up, movie. <laughs> don't you back talk me. Uh, we're back talking uh, two movies from the same year, 1986. Mm-hmm. Basically the same movie told two different ways with two different budgets. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, we've got 1986's Club Paradise. Uh, we're going to start there? Or, or I think we start with Club Paradise. Okay. But then we've also got 1986's Last Resort. Mm, yeah, we should, probably, we, go, we should probably finish with that one. Yeah, we go alphabetically here. Yeah. So um, 1986's Club Paradise starring Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. One of the not remembered Robin Williams movies. No one ever says, hey, that Club Paradise sure was good. Yeah, there's a there's a few of his that have slipped through the cracks for the most part. Yeah, there are. This is one of them. Maybe understandably, <laughs> it's not really. He's not zany in it. No, he's he's, he's, he's kind of straight man. He's normal dude, which yeah. I find in retrospect kind of refreshing. He's not Mrs. Doubtfiring or <laughs> right. anything like that. But uh, this is basically the SCTV movie. Okay, with everyone except John Candy. Like the entire cast of SCTV is in this. Was John Candy busy? Was he making like summer rental or something? He was probably in Volunteers oh, around okay. this time, something like that. But yeah, pretty much everyone. Harold Ramis is the director, uh, also from Second City. So he was just like, "Hey, all my friends, let's leave Chicago and go to a tropical paradise." Yeah, and just we'll come up with something on the fly. Basically, is how it <laughs> kind of feels. But yeah, so Ron Williams is a Chicago firefighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's good. He's going to quit, but then he's, he goes out on injury anyway, because a building explodes around him. Yeah. Wasn't he, he was saving something like he was saving a dog. dog yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he saves, he throws this dog out of like a four store, four story window onto the little trampoline bouncy thing. And he's like, Hey guys, I did it. And then the building just explodes behind him. So mm-hmm. he, he quits. He goes to, uh, I find it to be one of the more entertaining because we, we, we seem like we've had this now. Is this three or four times? About four or five times mm-hmm. that, that this be the the crux of like, hey, I live in Midwest city. Mm-hmm. Uh, weather and or job is shitty. Yeah, this is kind of one of the more entertaining ones. The the introy bit. Yes. If you ask me. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it it does a good job of showing his profession. Yeah, because I mean, John Candy was, you know, was air Summer traffic controller. Yeah, he was just like stressed out the second he got there. Right, and then there was which one was like black and white and it. Uh, fraternity vacation. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like we've had this a lot where mm-hmm. it's like here's the drab opening. Yeah, life slash place and yeah, and it was it was like 20 below outside and mm-hmm. there you know <laughs> the icicles were all over the fire hydrant and everything and Rob Williams is just like I hate this job I can't wait to leave. Uh, so he does leave. He goes down to uh, whatever island this is. It's some made up Port Simon or Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. That's it. And he just he's got a hut and he's just living the good life. Yeah. And uh, he's got a friend in Peter O'Toole, who everyone on the island says they're friends, but they don't act like friends. They act like they hate each other. <laughs> well, Peter O'Toole is just kind of being a tool. I mean, he's like, he's Britishing it up like really hard. Like, mm-hmm. uh, does he call himself the governor? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he just walks around. It's the, it, it's that typical British, uh, I don't know, like, not. Like leftover empire mentality of like, yeah, the yeah, colonization yeah, type. We, just, I, we, we own, own this, this. <laughs> or we did own it, and we right. still probably should, you yeah. know, just like it worked uh, for you people. Yeah. 
I'm the I'm the Duke of Erlingshire. <laughs> right. And yes. I, I own this island. Some yeah. famous right. jerk off from somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> My family has 16 generations of money. Mm-hmm. And like one day, this couple shows up, and the lady is Twiggy. I don't know who the dude is, but. Ron Williams just starts hitting on her, and then suddenly that she were just, they a couple? I I got the it impression seemed like she it. was either a business partner or worked there. Or I don't something. know. It's it just seemed like they were together, and she was like, "No, I can't flirt with you, Ron Williams, because this guy." But then Ron Williams just straight straight up just picks her up and takes her away. But they just they just kind of both come up with this idea of let's turn this shithole into a slightly better shithole through the magic of photography. Right. Well, because the, <laughs> the the guy, the the wannabe guy that is with Twiggy has a, you know, fancy, you know, first world country style resort here, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it kind of becomes the the summer camp like to you know the yeah, rich the, kids the versus rival, versus yeah. the the rag you know ragtag people yeah because there's a, there's a fancy resort run by brian doyle murray mm-hmm. um that's right it wasn't it wasn't the boyfriend it was yeah. him yeah I, they might have been there for that reason yeah. i don't know but yeah and then and then jimmy cliff owns the little shithole club paradise club paradise right and but he owes a six thousand dollars in caribbean tax money mm-hmm. <laughs> so they come up with this idea to turn it into a resort to yeah, because it was just a like a bar with like a maybe a couple of huts. It was huts. a bar with a stage, and they had like some land, but there wasn't really oh, okay. it wasn't anything really. Right. Um, it, you know, he was more about like, yeah, I own the place, but I'm just about making my reggae music. Cause, mm-hmm. You know, that's all he wants to do. Living the good life. Yeah. Um, but Rob Williams is just basically like, hey, you know, let, let's put up some shutters and uh, take some photography, some photos, and put them in a travel magazine, and then mm-hmm. people will flock here. And, they kinda, and people flock there yeah. <laughs> immediately. The entire cast of SCTV is in shitty Chicago and all these places, and just like looking at travel brochures, and like, wow, this is great. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. So they all get on a plane and have a harrowing plane journey, which mm-hmm. is a common theme in these things. Yes. <laughs> also, it's their shitty airline that brings them to the island. And then th- they all have a bad time. <laughs> uh, sort of. They, I mean, they, they've all been lied to by Robin Williams, who has sold them a bill of goods of this place is great. And it's not. It's a shithole. And then, like, if you dare say, hey, Robin Williams, your place is a shithole, he gets an attitude with you. Like, immediately. Just like, you shut the hell up. You were trapped here. Deal with it. I don't know. I, I thought his attitude was pretty funny. Only, only in so much as just, like, the biting under remarks. You know? <laughs> just, like, somebody would say something kind of crass about the place, and he just... He would immediately under, say, under yeah, his, nice pants. <laughs> yeah, under, the, under his breath, almost. You know? It was just like... Right. You know, like... No, but he was outright mean to sure. Andrea Martin's husband. Right. Um, but, yeah, but that guy, I mean... I don't know. It, it, it ends up working. Like, I... It... Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think like there is a there is a phenomenon in movies yes where your main person has read the script and they act like <laughs> it while they're making the movie yeah so they know the guy becomes a heel by the end right and they just treat him like that from the very beginning and it's like the movie just has to catch up to the way he, they were being treated right. all the way yeah which is not necessarily a bad thing as long as it doesn't like they don't go oh focus group said make this guy more likable and then it's just like you've got your main guy acting like an asshole to someone who you know gets a redemption by the end yeah you know that's always weird mm-hmm. but yeah you know, this guy just never really comes around whereas it's funny because like he's the one when they first show up he's like no oh, this place should be fine and she's like oh god this is terrible and then like everything that happens 
what's fun is like everything that happens to Andrea Martin just makes her love the place even more. Yeah, all the terrible things that happen to her, she's just like, this is the best. Yeah. And he is just like, I hate every second I'm here. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just, I like how they kind of flip flop uh, positions by the end. Right. You know? Um, you got Rick Moranis and Eugene Levy who show up who are like, I don't know, the sausage kings of Chicago, whatever they're packed meat people. Mm -hmm. Um, just like, just flamboyant jerk guys. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Hey, look at the ladies. And, uh, which is kind of weird for Rick, Rick Moranis to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. The two of them are fun. Yes. Especially Eugene Levy. Uh, they get this whole subplot about weed. That I mean, both these movies have weed subplots. Like seriously, these both both these movies are the same. But yes. it's just it ends up at a point where Eugene Levy has a trash bag full of weed and is just freaking out <laughs> that the cops are coming and are. <laughs> that's all pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, Rob Williams has a Flash Gordon pinball machine in his office. That's a fun thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, this movie's kind of a mess, and it's not really plot heavy. There's like revolution pops up at the end of this thing for whatever reason, I guess, because, you know, Jimmy Cliff is in it and right. you got to make it political and have some stuff like that. But I don't know. The, the movie just seems like, come on, everybody, let's just go have vacation and we'll come up with the movie as we go. A little bit. But I, I don't know. This this movie just is good natured in a way that it makes it highly watchable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and truth be told, I'd never I had never seen this movie beginning to end. I'd only ever seen parts like growing up mm-hmm. here and there like. I don't know why it just seemed like flip on HBO and I'd almost always see the Andrew Martin in the shower bit right. for some reason. Like that was like the thing. It was just like, you know, when it's like, Oh, we don't have any water pressure to, yeah. you know, yes. The fire hydrant is unleashed on her. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. And she liked that. She was yeah. like, Oh, it's blasted <laughs> right. all the dirt yeah. right off. She wanted a drink from the fire hose. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> but like it, it's a movie that doesn't really have a lot of point, but it's, it's so good natured. I enjoy watching it. Like I, like, there's not a lot that happens, but it's 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 the kind of vacation movie where it's just like that was fun, and everyone seemed like they were having a good time, and it, and it it's kind of like when you watch the blooper reel at the end, and there's like that one stick in the mud who's like everyone on the set is cracking up, and there's one person like God, this is making the day take forever, and it's like it's usually Jason Bateman, r- right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying like everyone was on the blooper reel yeah. page, so yeah. like everyone was like ha- enjoying their trip, they mm-hmm. didn't feel like they were wasting their time, they mm-hmm. they enjoyed making this little movie even mm-hmm. if it didn't mean much or is not very well remembered so it that to me crosses over I, i'm just i'm trying to think of like movies that where blooper reels have like almost spoiled the vibe of the movie mm-hmm. and like not a good movie but it's a, it's a recent one in my mind where it's just like oh my god these people fucking hated each other making this movie yeah. and they can't hide it is that we're the millers not a particularly oh, yeah. good movie but yeah. the, the outtakes it's just like everyone is like you son of a bitch yep you know <laughs> And it's just like, well, that was kind of a cute movie, and the outtakes made me like realize that everybody kind of fucking hated each other, and that made the movie less fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this yeah. blooper reel was probably just like, yay, we screwed up, let's <laughs> jump in the pool. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's I mean, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It just it comes through that they were having a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care, you know, if they were paying for a vacation or whatever. But, oh, I don't have a problem yeah. with it. I it, it's it's I mean, it's it's breezy. It just kind of right flows right by. It's a it's a huge mess. And like, if you're coming to one of these things for a story, which really, why are you? But right. it you're not going to get that. It just kind of like it's just resort hijinks, and then all of a sudden, last ten minutes, there's a plot, and then that's quickly resolved. Mm-hmm. Although it's resolved by Robin Williams turning a fire hose on natives, which is I don't know that imagery is not very good. <laughs> you wouldn't do that today. 
Um, probably shouldn't have done it then either. Yeah, I, I, I guess I didn't really think about that. I was thinking more like armed militia people. That Maybe. Fire hose is a pretty good non-lethal option. Yeah, and he was a fireman, so that yeah. made sense. It was yeah, his it's the weapon old, of choice. Yeah, but it's the old gymnastics in Lost World thing. Yes, yes. You well, do I, I still I need to come up with a freaking name for that. It's not Chekhov's gun. It's, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. The hidden Gymkata. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the supporting cast in this better than the main cast. Um Rob Williams just just kind of there. Every once in a while, he will break into a Rob Williamsy kind of thing, and you're just like, oh, all right, just yeah, that's your that's your thing. Like at one point, he actually shouts out. Uh, this must have just become a line that he would resort to huh, in other movies because he shouts at somebody. This will not look good on a resume, which is a line from Good Morning Vietnam. Also later on, so okay, that just be like some staple that he keeps in his head and just shouts out at random people. But uh, I, you know, I really like Eugene Levy in this. I really like Peter O'Toole in this. He is mm-hmm. spot on, just dickish oh, yeah. British That's, dude. Exactly. I, um, I didn't mean that like a bad thing. I'm just saying like he played that colonial, yeah. old leftover colonial yes. British guy oh. so well. And they have given him great dialogue to just be like totally disgusted by this place and just like, what are you doing after you're fishing out the loose diaphragm well, from the swimming pool? Here's the other thing about his character is like he has that air, but then I also got the impression he was a leftover gigolo. Yes. <laughs> like, like he also did that because <laughs> Rob Williams does point him. Yeah, because Joanna Cassidy like comes down and is is a like a resort reviewer. Yeah, for like the New York Times or something. And he, she's just me like, okay, we were totally lied to it. And he's like, here, governor. Yes. Like <laughs> he does just <laughs> point her, her at her and just be like, she'll give us a good review if you just go over there. And he's yeah. like, well, I'll go over here then. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I part of me is like, okay, maybe he actually is fancy. Earl of something or other, but then I'm like, yeah, maybe it's just like calling the fat guy tiny. Yes. It's like he's really just a gigolo yeah. left over from the islands. I, yeah, it could be. <laughs> he got nominated for a Razzie for this, which just makes me fucking hate the Razzie. I mean, I already hate them enough, but sure. you just... The Razzies are that kind of thing where they're just like, oh, famous guy in a comedy. Fuck that. You're the worst. Yeah, but I mean, also at this time, there wasn't as much... There weren't as many movies to choose from. Like now, like... A movie comes along and is infamous before it even comes out. Then yeah. it's like, yeah, there was one movie a week that came out if you were lucky. Right. And, you know, sometimes we were still holding over Star Wars or whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it was a different time. It so. was. It was. It, well, it was just by very linear nature of, of the that universe. Too, but, uh, but it, you know, it, it, it was a different era. Right. But I mean, like, I'm sure Michael Caine for Jaws 4 was probably on the Razzie nomination just because like, hey, you're a respected guy mm-hmm. who is in How this thing you? that like is, you know, for boat money yeah. and... But Peter O'Toole around this time, this was all he was doing. He's sure. like creator and he's, I don't know. Yeah, he, I, he's he's helps me enjoy this movie. Like sure. Like without him, this movie is less of a movie. Okay. So um I, I like it. I it's it, it's just kind of I mean, I've already I watched it two days ago and I've already forgotten most of it. Yeah. I just I just remember certain little bits and highlights. I'm gonna give it one jocks. Okay. Um it's fine. <laughs> Chuck Fine the yes, movie. Yes, it is. It is a Chuck Fine movie. It's like, uh, yeah, you could watch it. I like it a little bit more, but not by much. I, I mean, I'm just I'm going to give it two jocks. Okay. Um, like I said, it's just this is like the kind of movie every couple of years I can throw on and be like, yeah, that's that's still fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a reggae soundtrack. Mm-hmm, it does. Get into that. I mean, yeah, imagine that with Jimmy Cliff. In the right. In the, <laughs> I'm just saying that's the, the whole soundtrack. But yeah, I mean, there, there's there's fun little subplots. I mean, it, it, you've got your evil land baron trying, you know, trying to use the government to take over his land, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of fun stuff. So there's lots of side plots and there's the whole crazy 
we went to the beach and it became a nude beach and then someone stole our clothes thing. <laughs> they fashioned things out of <laughs> leaves and stuff. Right, I know. There's just there's fun little bits in this. Yeah, and, like Rick Moranis gets, gets carried away on a windsurfing board. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that, that that's good too. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is like he lands, he, he wakes up on the beach, he's like I'm alive, and he stands up, he's like I have to build a house. <laughs> that's his first. That's his first thing that he, he just I have to build a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's, there's there's funny there's funny things by people you wouldn't expect them to do. Like, I mean, Rick Moranis and, and Eugene Levy are funny. I, I I love that. Like, you know, you find mousy little Mary Gross, and she's the first one. It's like, I want to take my talk off. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, no, <Yeah>. please don't. <laughs> like I say, it's it's just funny. Like, you yeah. know, that these are the, like the flipping the script on some of these people mm-hmm. is funny to me. But yeah, they're having a good time, so you'll probably have a good time watching it. Yeah, it's not one of those people like, oh fuck these people. Look at them having a vacation. Grr. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I said, it's just the the general good naturedness I think shines through. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us to Last Resort. Okay. Um, and if Last Re- if Club Paradise was the SCTV movie, this is the Saturday Night Live movie. Sure. If you just want to compare and contrast, because yeah, but there's only two, right? Still. Yeah, still. <laughs> it's... And one of them had barely been on it at this point, maybe? Or had I, he been I on don't it? think he had. Yeah. I, he started in 86, okay. but uh, this uh, this is a very cheap Roger Corman movie. Is this Roger Corman? Yes. I, okay, I, yeah. God, is it cheap. I mean, it's... When it started, I was like, is this like a shot on video stage play? This looks bad. It Everything does. about this looks bad. But... Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just I'm gonna get this out right now, okay? Because I know I I know what's gonna happen here. I'm just gonna clear the air right now and say this: I love Last Resort. Oh, I love this movie. Okay, I enjoyed every breezy second of this movie because it's only like <laughs> it's only like 70 minutes long. It's yeah. barely a movie, but I laughed out loud. I was watching this at like midnight and just had to just stifle myself a few times. Wow. Um, okay. I will say that it all depends on your tolerance for Charles Grodin. Sure. I love Charles Grodin. I I like him. And um, I like him in other things. More. Okay. Um, I, this is this is like super Charles Grodin-y because mm-hmm. it's all just inner monologue, but shouting it at everybody. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he's like a Chicago executive guy. Mm-hmm. And he has kind of a bad day at work, and it's it's yeah. He seems like he has a problem with like brain mouth filter. Yeah, he's not very good at uh, what might be offensive to other people. Sure, um, because I guess he he's a chair salesman. <laughs> he yeah. sells chairs because <laughs> like one guy he's talking to a guy on a phone, and he's like, "Oh, you don't want to buy those chairs. The chair, the, you know, they'll fall apart. It's like especially for like you, you're very fat. They will break." And he's like, "No, no, I, it's not a. I'm not insulting you. I'm just. It's a statement. <laughs> yeah, you're, you you are very. Yeah, fat. and he's like, hello." <laughs> So, yeah, so yeah, he begins by losing a big contract for yeah. the long-standing client, I guess. Yeah. And it's it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, wanders by a storefront that just has a big window for this place called Club Sand. And he just thinks, you know, hey, let's just take the whole family to Club Sand and that will cure all our problems. Yeah. Um which for me leads to not only the best joke in the movie, but the best joke I've seen in recent months of him just He's gathering his family around it, and he's just like, oh, we're going to go on vacation. This is going to be the best thing ever. And then cut to plane in nosedive with every person on the plane just screaming their head off. Okay. This is the best. That is the best just visual just slam cut of, oh, this is going to be great. And just cut to <laughs> plane going down and everyone on the plane just screaming their head off. I, and the pilot, didn't he have his like feet up and reading yeah, a magazine or yeah, something like just, that? Yeah, he was like, ah, air pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so... But yeah, they got suckered into a, a shitty resort. The shittiest resort. I yeah. mean, literally, this is 
<laughs> oh, it's it's so bad. It's and it's so cheap. This movie costs like twelve dollars because most of the time they're not anywhere near water. And I swear to God, at least one shot of this resort was a model. Oh yeah, absolutely. There definitely was a model <laughs> okay. shot. Yeah, but there's a shot where at night where there's just this light going back and forth from a tower. And I swear to God, this it's a little it, tiny it has model be, in a sandbox. The only thing like. <laughs> I, I don't know. The only thing that throws me off is, is you could see people walking on the beach, but it was like a shot of beach umbrellas and people walking. But I mean, it might have just been it, something, somebody pulling something on fishing string, you know, because I mean, it was just far enough away that it could have been just whatever yeah. going down. Because this is literally all somewhere in California, mm-hmm. just some like abandoned summer camp, something. And I mean, they're just behind a mountain. And I swear on the other side of the mountain is just a regular town. Um God, it's 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 so cheap. It's yeah. unbelievably cheap. But the good thing about it is, for me anyway, is that I feel like the cast didn't care and were just acting their asses off. Like Charles Grodin, admittedly, at this time, still was a bigger star than this movie indicates. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he was in major motion pictures. This seems strange for him to be in, but he is giving it his all like he is in a real movie. And then, like, you get a supporting cast of you've got Phil Hartman and John Lovitz in there, Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I'm sorry, I laughed every time I saw him. <laughs> okay, early Mario Van Peebles films are so good because he is trying so hard with whatever he's given to do. That man was dedicated to every early role he ever got, and he is he is spot on with this. Yeah, all right. <laughs> But these resort people are all crazy. Uh-huh. They're all literally crazy. It's yeah, it's it, it's a <laughs> I can't Well, so one of their very early concerns with the family, I, I I think maybe the the wife brought this up. She was like, This isn't one of those sex clubs, is mm-hmm. it? Which I still don't having watched the entire movie, I'm still not entirely sure. I think because... it was, but they just allowed kids to come and they barricaded them off in some sort of daycare. Right. <laughs> Because um, the guy on the plane kind of acted like it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the most part, they're all crazy French hippies. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's the like. So they have a song and a mantra and a stage show and. Uh... <laughs> it's so good though. <laughs> they want everyone to legitimately learn this song, and they uh-huh. have like these challenges to where you have to sing the song or otherwise you have to drink i kept i the one of the things that i have to detract points from this movie for is because there's never any payoff to what the fuck is with these people right like what their craziness is yeah because every time there was like again every time there was a complaint they kind of did a misdirecting like oh i don't speak english now yeah thing and (laughs) to the point i was like Okay, when does the mask come off and they go like, this is all a a charade to do this? Or or... their escaped mental patients who have kidnapped the actual camp people. Exactly. Yeah, I I was waiting for like a reveal that never came. And it just never happens. The movie just kind of ends. Well, because again, we'll jump to the end, but this movie has a revolutionary aspect to it as well. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Where, because this one, like all from the very beginning, there's like what look like French legionnaires like posted around this island. I Mm -hmm. mean, like ridiculous long riflemen. Just standing around to which Charles Grodin is continuing to ask, like, what's with all the soldiers? And they're like, quoi? You know? <laughs> yes. They're constantly just yeah. like, spouting something in French. They're like, no, wait, you just yeah. spoke to me in English. What? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, anytime there's a complaint, they just immediately don't speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, man, I'm sorry you don't like this movie. Right. This, I, I, I conti- the, I, because this is one of those movies where 
I felt like I could put myself into Charles Grodin's shoes because like everyone in this movie just becomes the biggest fan of this place. And he is the only one to just be like, what the hell? This is the worst. This is this is hell on earth. Literally, yeah. this is the worst possible. Well, thing. him and his youngest son for anyone who didn't like. Yes, his, but his son has a friend and then they go off and have adventures and, you know, I suppose watch people have the sex. Sure. <laughs> sure. I, I guess everyone comes around. I. This is going to be so this is such a weird, like nitpicky thing. I think my problem with this movie is if you've ever had a shitty vacation, hmm. it's kind of like <laughs> it's not fun to watch because it's like you've been to a shitty place. Right. Maybe not. No, no one's been to us anywhere as shitty as this unless no. you've been to war. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> but um, I'm saying like this place is like super duper shitty. And but if, if you've been to a shitty place that was not what it was billed to be, mm-hmm. his frustration, like just all it does is like while you're watching the movie is like, yeah, I, that makes me think of this place we went and i can get that yeah <laughs> see having never really gone to I, i've never uh, i've never been to like a resort like this no. but I've, I've been to like hotels and sure. cabins and things like that that were just shitholes compared to how they were marketed yeah but like this this kind of thing is like why i don't want to ever go on a cruise because it just seems like no matter what you're trapped there and you you're just subjected to whatever thing yeah you know whatever stage show whatever you have to sit with people and you know <laughs> they will eat your food yeah, not on a cruise ship <laughs> definitely that does not you will never ever say man i'm hungry i just didn't have any food on a cruise ship i, I, I can assure you of that <laughs> 24 hours a day you can eat till you're just you know yeah yeah i i just there's a whole bit where charles Grodin gets high mm-hmm. and I, I did enjoy high <laughs> charles Grodin and, and wife that was fun and then he just goes off on his own and is just singing a little song to himself mm-hmm. making up lyrics I, I, yeah he actually had a pretty good voice i was surprised <laughs> charles Grodin could sing kind of well um yeah i don't I, you know where do i know his older son from like i reckon he was on it's gary shandling show maybe maybe that was it I yeah don't know. so because that was that, that was, yeah that was before that was the one before larry sanders right but and then his uh, daughter is uh, Megan Mullally. Yes, you know, from who, who Will and Grace and has a very recognizable voice. Right. Even as a teenager, you're like, oh, that's a, yeah. a very young child. But um, yeah, she doesn't really have much to do except make out with this dude for the, <laughs> to drive much. Charles Grodin mad. Right. Um, yeah. It, you know, Phil Hartman is one of the like the stage crew people who's just he, constantly. He seems, he seems to be the most aggressive of the pep rally counselors that they have he does he's <laughs> and john lovitz is the like i will i will speak perfect english to you and then hear one thing and then not understand the very next right. thing and then you guy. respond to me in english and i would just go what <laughs> <laughs> and they have this convoluted like payment system <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> where it's just you have tokens but they're no. all weird colors Tokinas. <laughs> yes <laughs> so you know like to sit on the beach is like Four green, two red, and two blue <laughs> tokens, and then to have an umbrella, it's like three red tokens and two thousand green tokens. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I think this was pretty much directly mocking like Disney dollars, which had started Probably. right around that time. Yeah, where it was just like, here, exchange your real money into a currency that means nothing, <laughs> so that you'll spend it freely. Right. I'm pretty sure that was a direct response to crap like that. That does make sense. Yeah, I, th- I want to say Disney dollars started in the mid '80s. Yeah, I don't know. This movie just it. There's just this wave of craziness that comes over this movie and they will just they will just like run through a scene it's like come on everybody let's go over here and do a thing and then they all just run out to a field somewhere and it's like sack races and everyone's just shouting crazy bullshit and there's one lady who keeps trying to sleep with charles groden and (laughs) just 
It's one yeah, of those. Ben does sleep with his son. His son. Yeah, they have a, uh, an older son who is barely a character, which right. was part of the joke at the beginning. Cause well, like, yeah, because like the best joke in the movie, for me, I think, because, like, all right, here's what, this joke will actually sum up the way I feel about this movie. Okay. Because there is a line in the beginning, because you don't even see him until you actually, like, they're sitting in, like, the orientation thing because mm-hmm. i don't think maybe i don't think you see anyone but charles groden and wife on the plane other than all the other people screaming. if he was on the plane i didn't see him right. but only because we didn't know who he was exactly but like one of the first like one of the first introductions to him is uh you know we don't really know how old he is or whatever but they're talking about like where's so-and-so and i think it's the daughter is like he's upstairs trying to discover himself and the younger <laughs> son's like yeah he's been upstairs <laughs> discovering himself since about last summer <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, it's one of the things. Like, all right, that that it's that's a funny line, but like, I'm trying to think how to formulate this. So, there's something I like about Spielberg families that mm-hmm. that they feel honest mm-hmm. and they feel like how a family would actually talk. And in this opening scene of like, you know, we're still in Chicago, or I think it was wherever the hell they were. Um, they felt like a real family, mm-hmm. and the second they hit the island, it's like. Forget all that wacky hijinks and family separates. <laughs> right. And, and and it's strange to me because, like, you know, they're all off, like, being foils, essentially, to Charles Grodin mm-hmm. and, like, his possible enjoyment. Because he's the, he's the cheerleader for the place when they first arrive. He's like, no, give the place a chance. It might not yeah, be so bad. This it's, isn't so bad. It's, it's kind of roughing it. We can do this, yeah. you know. No phones, no cars, not a single luxury. Right. Um, but... <laughs> You know that when you separate the kids, which I, I like, I said, I felt like maybe they were building towards like an interesting, realistic family dealing with a situation like that, no. and then they never interact like basically <laughs> no. for the rest of the entire movie. No. Like he is like the only interaction he has with his daughter is yelling her name because she's making out or riding horseback topless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I do like when Charles yeah. Gordon comes into his cabin for the first time. He's like, "Oh, look, a skylight!" and <laughs> just pulls this <laughs> curtain off, and it's just a hole. <laughs> Right. Hole in the roof, and he's just like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's just this was a, thankfully a really short movie for me because, like, it, at points it felt like almost interminable. And I looked at the <laughs> like, I would hit the, the play button. I'm like, this is only like 72 minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very short. Uh, it is super cheap. And, you know, like I said, it, it really just depends on Charles Gro- yeah, how what your tolerance is I, for Charles Groden. I'm fine with Charles Groden. It's just like I said, I, I think maybe I just I think my problem with Charles Groden is like I relate to Charles Groden. Like I always like feel like he's being unfairly put upon in yes. movies. Yes, he is. And that's that's why you hire Charles Groden. Right. But at the same time, like to me, like watching someone's frustration and then sharing it doesn't necessarily make for a good time because like beethoven movies i'm like get the fucking giant dog out of there it's a bad idea you know <laughs> yeah I, I to me peak charles groden and like i said this is gonna be a really weird and it's practically a cameo so i married an expert yes that is that is the perfect charles groden absolutely because like, like i'm commandeering no. your car no <laughs> no <laughs> yeah i am no. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you are charles i know groden. i'm just saying like that that to me is like I, I, maybe I like that because I felt like Charles Rhodes was finally standing up for himself. Mm. He was like, look, at best, I'll give you a ride, but you're not taking my car. Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I think that's just it, is I, I, I identify with Charles Grodin too much, okay. that it was like, he's being rational and everyone else is being insane, and fuck all those other people. <laughs> this is the world that we live in, and I, I fight through this madness every day. <laughs> yeah, I, that, yes, like, I sometimes could... it's not in, in, entertaining to watch it play out in a movie I form. could see how that would drive someone crazy. I just... 
there's just so many little little bits in this that made me laugh. Uh, just Phil Hartman sneaking up on him and just be like, ah, you want to go dancing later? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I did appreciate that his kid was dropping uh, derogatory F-bombs about people and, and Charles Garner was like, no one likes that word. Don't use that word, son. <laughs> it's like, oh, you mean homosexuals? It's yeah. just like, yeah. Well, yeah, but, then he's just like, no, nobody cares. Yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for 1986, it was pre- it was pretty funny to go in that direction at first, and then like just kind of bring it around to like, actually, nobody gives a fuck, really. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Movie made me laugh. Sure, I it, it, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know. It just got so much goodwill for me for that airplane joke. It's just the best. Of just hey guys, we're all gonna have a great time. Ah! <laughs> so good. It's just the best visual joke. All right. I really like it. So, um, like I said, I, I take points off for it costing $12. Sure. And uh, for just not having a reason why these people were so crazy. Like, they should, yes. like, I really was expecting, like, oh, we finally caught the escaped mental patients from the insane asylum across mm-hmm. the street. You know, you just don't get that. So, I, I'm giving it three jocks. I, I I, really, I wish this movie was readily available. Yes. Um, and I wish I wish it. I'm surprised better. it's not in every Roger Roger Corman box set because just I mean, as an extra, <laughs> right? Yeah, just like hey, yeah, we made this too. It's, here yeah. we have 57 Roger Corman movies on this two DVDs here. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's just throw it on there. Right. Um, I, I think because of its brief running time and cast and you know of famous people at the time and soon to be a lot more famous people. You know, and even just Mario Van Peebles at the end, just like I am sick of this shit. <laughs> yeah, he he turns revolutionary, right? Yeah. yeah, he just pulls his wig off. Yeah, so like picks up a gun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think we really properly described him, but like he is basically a drag queen at this resort. But he's Black Fabio. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, he's wearing women's clothing most scenes. Yes. Um. And his name is Pino. Yeah, Pino. <laughs> but without the tea. No, not like the Pino. wine. Uh, Which he tells everybody when he's yeah. dropping them off at their cabin. Uh, Here yeah. you are, cabin four. I am Pino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't particularly like this one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it two bags. I almost feel like I would, it would go lower, but like this. This movie's just like it, it's it's they're both super breezy movies. Mm-hmm. This was like just to me, this was like a breeze that had something not as pleasant, <laughs> a foul stench. like a foul stench kind of attached to like not like <laughs> drive you eggs? off like <laughs> I have to leave immediately, but just like oh, I was enjoying my time outside until this came along. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. Alberta's is just like the breeze can just be there in the background; it doesn't bother you. Oh, I see. Um, hmm. Yeah, the only I think the only real positive thing I can say is like I said, I like the joke in the beginning. I wish the family stuff had continued more, but. The only positive thing I think that the, the the girl the the nymphomaniac part person at the uh, hotel was rather attractive. She's a mm-hmm. very nice looking lady. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not, uh, not a lot. I mean, there there are little things that made me laugh, like when what is his wife takes mushrooms? Yes, and then just starts making horse horse noises. noises. Yeah, for the rest of the, For the rest movie. of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> just, just sitting there, just going. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he says, what is that? wrong with you? <laughs> Stop that! She's like, I can't. <laughs> I just uh, I, I like their attitude. I mean, uh, there there are things that I like about it. It's just there's a lot of like I I just wanted to murder the entire council <laughs> counselor people, everyone running the hotel. Um, and like I said, if it just like to me, like if you're gonna make a goofy ass movie, just lean into it. Like if you're like 
things reality doesn't matter when you're making a goofy ass comedy mm-hmm. uh, a lot of top secret timelines all that like have all these stupid french people and then turn out that they're like french revolutionaries teaching the the natives how to rebel or yeah, something like sure. that Why i not? mean anything just like <laughs> we have some resistance actually you know like, <laughs> yes doesn't make any sense they hadn't been around for 40 years no but whatever yeah um why not yeah i'm just saying like go go goofy i mean if you're if you're going to do that just like mm-hmm. i said I, I thought what would be interesting in the family surviving this a la national lampoon style then they like other than he and his wife, like they never see the rest of the kids. Like they come up for like a second and be like, "I'm having a good time." Bye. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do hear their son a lot because he's right next door to them. Yeah, right. He's Stop always, listening. He's always chiming in on their conversation. Right. Yeah. There are there are little things about this, but yeah, I would I would not seek this one out personally. But uh, you know, you you think differently. So I do. Yeah. Charles Grodin has a conversation when he's in the office at the beginning where he just answers the phone. Hello. Yes. We'll put some butter on it. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah. Little bits like that. I just really, sure. he's, I, you know, like I said, it depends on your tolerance for him, but he is gung ho for this. Oh, yeah. He's not yeah. sleepwalking through this at all. He's not no. acting like it's a $12 movie. So for me, that, that helped, helps. Well, he probably got it. eight of it. So he, yes, probably. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Two more. Of the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. One one more movie. One and a half. Yeah, one and a half movies. Uh, boy, if you could cram... The, see, like, I was kind of thinking, like, if you could get the supporting cast of Club Paradise into Last Resort, that would have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, maybe we can remake this. Just smush them together. Get the rights to both. Sure, yeah. Club Last Resort Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Club Resort. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so we get some of these people. Last Eugene Paradise. Levy will come back. Oh, yeah. He'll be in anything. <laughs> he doesn't care. We're making another American Pie movie. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. He yeah absolutely, give... absolutely nobody else from the original is back, but I'll do it. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. So uh, pretty much everyone else is not with us, but <laughs> we could figure something out. Uh, those kids are probably... We, Megan Mullally might come back. She's not doing anything. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Charles Grodin's still alive. Yes, he is 81 years old. Yeah, he could be in it. He could be Peter O'Toole, the Peter O'Toole <laughs> character, as played by Charles Grodin. Oh, man, this is the most meta movie. Yeah. <sighs> all right, so that's it. Did, knocked out another one. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> For all our fan. Uh, again, you know, hey, thanks if you're listening to this on Patreon. Really yeah. appreciate you. Well, we have to step up our game because pretty soon these are going to be available to the general audience as yeah. well. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, So we have to totally play a different <laughs> I don't know what that means. I have no idea. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we'll have to do better. Okay. But you know, for the for the handful of people listening to this on Patreon, thank you guys so much. We and the millions it. around the world, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this for you. Uh, you know, the rest of the people. That's just you know, just something else they can listen to. Mm-hmm. Much later, like, it'll be fall before they hear this. Yeah. And it won't mean anything. You guys are summer. getting. I, I think I remember that. Yeah, you guys are getting the most relevant version. For me, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back we'll have uh, a couple more movies i don't know what they are but we've got Pro- a list probably summer related and or you know some sort of mm-hmm. beach related activities yes with ladies in them mm-hmm. and such as we do but anyway until then i'm chuck and i'm harlow and this is bamcast extra out <laughs> <laughs> step by step.